You're listening to the Blender Institute podcast, brought to you by the Blender Cloud. Are you easily freaked out by robot hands? Fix your spatial awesomeness on the cloud. Go to cloud.blender.org. Joining us today is Pablo Vasquez. Hello there. Francesco Sede. Hello. Andy Goralczyk. Hello. Sibren Stuvol. Hello. And I'm Hjalti Amazon. Here's your host, Francesco! Hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Blender Institute podcast. So this week, quite some stuff has happened. Let's uh, go over the weekly news for the Blender community. Well, something interesting is uh, Blender 277 is out. How about that? What? Yeah. Yes, already. Yeah, so everybody here went on Blender.org, downloaded the latest build and started. No, not really. No. <laughs> well, the site actually was down for a bit, so <laughs> couldn't even do that. Yeah. Well, but it's out there, so that's great. There is an up-to-date uh, uh, features page on the Blender.org website, so you can see what is the latest, awesomest stuff the Blender has to offer. And uh, so go and check it out if you didn't do it already. And uh, once you download it, you will probably be prompted with a very, very friendly message to support the Blender Development Fund, for example, or go to the store and buy some cool swag. And uh, well, consider doing that because it really helps Blender becoming a, what it is and to become a better software. And we have a new T-shirt in the store. Do we? Yeah, oh, somebody yes. should model that thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a picture. Francesco's so hot right now. Yeah, oh, man. Anyway, yeah, there is a there is a Caminandes T-shirt that uh, was made uh, with the. It, it took a while to get done, right? Yeah, there were many iterations. Uh, uh, I remember a couple of weeks ago, even talking about it here at the, in the podcast, uh, yeah. going back and forth with some designs from Matthias. And uh, we ended up using a, a very simple sketch that I made on, on like super fast. And uh, Ton liked it, so he took it. And it's supposed to be like a hand-drawn kind of a thing, which I think it works. It's okay. Yeah, yeah? it's really cute. Beautiful. Yeah. So it's in the store, Caminandes t-shirt, check it out. It helps us making more Caminandes open movies and more open movies. And of course, the actual model, you know, we have a, a model that is being paid here at the Blender Institute, which is Chalti. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't here, so I had to fill in. So you actually have to see my face. And all that, but, hey. We can give his face on top of your body. Oh, no. wow. <laughs> wow so, I'll be, so I'll actually look like I go to the gym. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's, uh, that's something. And... Um, well, talking about uh, dates and releases, it was also Ton's birthday a few days ago. Wow. Yeah, congratulations. Ooh. Yes, 56. Yeah, so it was release 56. So. <laughs> release 56. <laughs> so that was... Uh, so file in your book reports. <laughs> <laughs> wow, 56. Yeah. Yeah. So wiser and wiser. And uh, it, was, it was cool to hang out and we had the cake. Yeah, we had cake Monday. Yeah. Monday morning kickoff with a cake. Yeah, because mm. apparently in the Netherlands it's custom to bring your cake. Yeah. Right? It's a thing that Pablo, I don't know, yeah. uh, in, in I, Germany or Iceland, but... Uh, yeah, Iceland, also, uh, you, you bring pastry or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Like the birthday guy has to bring it. Yeah, but we don't have the whole uh, shoving the face in the pie <laughs> thing. Okay, but that, yeah, that, that I had it in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm, I'm used to like people bring you stuff because it's your birthday. Oh, come oh, on. You, yeah. They bring you gifts and presents and then you right. treat them with something nice to eat. Yeah. Wait, wait uh, people brought presents? People don't bring you presents on your birthday? No. I just gave them cake. I don't, oh, wait, it's, it's a whole scam. Jeez. Yeah, so Pablo was quite disappointed when it was his birthday. No, come on. I biked to the, to the best place in Amsterdam and I brought two, um, what was it? Like a, I don't know, apple cake. And, yeah, awesome it was cake. great. But yeah, when you discovered great. you had to do it, you were like, what? Yeah, I was like, no, I, actually that, that wasn't the, the worst part. Just buying it is fine, but then you have to serve it to everybody. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. You have to cut it yourself. Yeah, yeah. There's one guy in the corner, mordida, mordida. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, different birthday traditions, apparently. So that was uh, Tom's birthday. And um, there has been an interesting release, like an interesting online launch as well this week, which is uh, rightclickselect.com. 
Wow. What is going to happen on rightclicksselect.com, Andy? What do you imagine a website with what, that name what, does? What is it? Yes. Lots of flame wars? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But it's, uh, it's incredible. Jason van Gumster, he's, uh, he's been working on it for quite a while now. And uh, I think he's even been in touch with you guys because you made the back end of the, the, the website that he's making, right? Yeah, this website, it's, it's to host ideas and basic, basically vote or downvote ideas and for Blender. And the concept behind it is the same as we use for Blender.today for news. So, you, you guys named it, right? I, I remember you guys had a distinct name for this shell. Yeah, it's a Dillo. Dillo, Dillo yeah. Like an armadillo. Yeah, yeah, so cute. Yeah, so the, the system behind it's the same, exactly the same. So why not share it? Uh, Dillo is open source. It's powering Blender.today and now rightclickselect.com. And it's getting like way more attention than we already have. Like <laughs> the the amount of, of traffic that it's getting is is huge. So it's great to test the system. And it's also great to have a place like this in, in the Blender community. So something like we used to have like with Blender Storm uh, back in the day. Yeah, because this has been tried apparently more than once already. Yeah. But somehow it failed because I don't know. You really need, I was I already maintaining. Yeah, I you need a lot of moderation, I think. And really what he tries is to get connected with the developers and to really get them on the platform so that they can see and and so that the platform is easy to access and easy to use and they can really talk and there is a good way of sorting um, proposals and ideas so i think that will really help to keep the website alive it keeps going like this <clears throat> yeah and how simple it is it's just upvote or downvote ideas and it's super clear of course this doesn't mean they're gonna get done <laughs> some people don't get your hopes so Hi, I guess. But uh, there are developers there, like Campbell is there, uh, Julian, Julian, I saw him there. also there. Yeah. Um, everybody's so there. Can you guys maybe explain a little bit what is this website? Like, what does it do? Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, right-click select. Yeah, yeah, well, the idea that uh, Jason had was to make up a web portal where users can log in. And uh, that's actually a very important part because they are logging in using their Blender ID. So we can open a small parenthesis uh, talking about that. The Blender ID is a service that is maintained by Blender Foundation. Uh, so it's on the server of the, of the, of the Blender website. And um, it provides um, Blender users or anyone really to make an account there and have their identity stored there. And then it, it gives them, uh, it, it works as a platform to uh, provide access to other websites too. So right-click select relies on this system so you can log in with your blender id identity which is already verified and it's it's there so if you have for example also if you're using that id in other websites like for example the network or uh, cloud the blender cloud that that information is also partially connected so in the community shows up if you want that you are like a blender network member or that you're using the cloud or things like that so it really helps establishing your image in the community for what you are. And uh, so it's not so anonymous. You can really establish yourself and be verified. So that's a po very important part of the, of the concept of this website because it tries to make the discussion between people who actually use Blender, who are really invested in it, and uh, make sure yeah, that it, it feels as close as possible to actually talking to, to people. So you log in with this Blender ID, and then you can write a post. And the post is your concept, your idea, that then gets posted in a list. And then every user can see that, and they can upvote it, downvote it, and comment it. And uh, comments can also be voted down, uh, upvoted, downvoted, and commented on. And it's all sorted using some uh, different types of algorithms. So they can be you know, chronological, or it can be sorted by how, how high the, the ranking of these ideas is. And that helps to get a uh, yeah to, to get a picture of what is going on, and uh, yeah that's the idea of the website. Cool. So if you're a certified trainer, for example, that all that information will be there. Yeah, it shows up when you comment. You have a nice little badge that says you're a certified trainer. <laughs> nice. Or a cloud member soon too. We we were thinking about exposing that. 
yeah. as well because cloud members are the awesomest people on earth mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta show off that you know okay so it's gotta be golden with diamonds and yeah yeah, yeah i'm gonna shiny. make a little marketing of the yeah. name <laughs> a gif with little glitter on top of your avatar mm. stuff like that nice. martin also <laughs> asked if we could add a badge for blender developers yeah oh, actually yes. we yeah it's or do they want to be anonymous <laughs> <laughs> no he, he thought it was really important okay. yeah really really important we, to make we, it we, shiny <laughs> and big uh, we yes. had it for a while like uh, we it's a prototype but yeah we need to talk about this with ton yeah yeah because there are like the uh, you know giving credit to the developer is super important like to have them show up and uh and give them that status but uh, it has to be communicated well like a developer okay you know you, if you have a commit access to to blender and that's a thing but then it depends like okay are you a module owner are you like what is really your role because being a blender developer means many things and in some cases it means is really a lot it means really a lot so it's yeah. a big responsibility and there are a lot of people that can claim that the title because they have commit access so that's something that needs to be i can thought but yeah. I'm not a developer, so so we we can see. But I I agree 100 percent that especially for a website like Right Click Select is yeah. is vital to have that. So we will definitely look into it. Yeah, so maybe like, there will be a tier system between developers. <laughs> oh, there's already a tier system. Oh, yeah. between developers. <laughs> yeah, up high there, I see a Russian waving <laughs> the <Blender> flag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I think it would be great for the community feeling of of this. It's very nice. So, well, then uh, there is another uh, interesting news that regards the Blender community that was uh, uh, shared via the Blender Network channels, which uh, regards a a BA degree that has been announced, um, a a BA degree in uh, France, um, so from the University of uh, Sergi Pontoise in France, indeed. Mm, Very good to your French. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's a degree in heritage visualization and 3D modeling. So if you go on the Blender Network website, there is a blog post that talks about that. And uh, I think it's really cool because it's, uh, uh, they make it really formal. It's, it's formal that they do Blender training and that uh, all their visualization and technical, um, technical subjects, they rely on Blender. And I think that's great. Cool. Because that's pretty cool. We need <clears throat> more and more uh, schools or universities to make that public because that helps a lot Blender to be established. Yeah, yeah. thank you, Nicolas Prieniot. For reporting uh, this. Yeah. And then to finish, another news that is not directly Blender related, but is animation related, and everybody saw it. And just to have a chat about it is the, the Toons uh, software. 2D software. Yeah. It's thingy. just, I don't know if uh, you guys uh, heard about it. There is this, uh, this animation software, and he's looking at me. No, just marginally. I, I haven't checked out the software or anything or. So you just you can download it now or more? No. Yeah, exactly. They, they say it's, it's open source and everybody's going nuts. Cartoon Brew is like tweeting every five minutes about it. Yeah. But they they don't mention the the license anywhere. Yeah, Kathy yeah. was there on the website. Yeah. I was like, I wanna I wanna use it so much. <laughs> I was like, after seeing the interface, I so wanna use it. But yeah. then I have to admit, it is a bit suspicious uh, when you when you um, do this huge public announcement regarding it's open source. Which becomes this little tagline and, and free and free, yeah, exactly. So I mean that that is still a little bit vague and uh, to some people. Um, so like open source, it doesn't necessarily mean open source like Blender's open source or Wikipedia or whatever. So there's some different uh, different kinds of open source, I guess. And not having the license uh, right there in the in the press announcement or whatever, that's a little bit suspicious. It's no. like, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. they should have already planned all that stuff ahead and the, then do the announcement. The only thing they mention is that on March 26th, on Saturday, it's going to be available for download. Okay. The, the, the Studio Ghibli version, they have like a special version for that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's going to be available to the animation community as a free download. That's mm. everything they say. So the tool or the source? Yeah, that's the thing. They don't even mention. Oh. It's, it's like the tool. Because um, wow. you know, like there's, it raises so many questions. So, uh, like IPs that you make yourself using it, are they yours or not? 
because, uh, for example, Maya released a student version of their own thing, and I think Swedish yeah, match like also. Renderman, oh yeah, free to use, but then you have you can't use it for commercial stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know? So you might you might end up spending a lot of time working on something, and then you realize, oh, I'm not allowed to share it or do whatever because of the fine print. Or the big ass print right in front of you <laughs> that you just conveniently ignored. I don't know. Yeah. You said accept. I accept. Yeah, accept, accept. Terms, conditions. Yeah. yeah. Of course, it's great news, but make it more clear, people. Yeah. Yeah. So we will see, I guess, in a few days. It, we will find out. So mm -hmm. Let's see what happens. We can talk about it next time, our experience with it. All right. So if it's available for Linux, <laughs> which I don't think it will. Really? Well, I don't know. I mean, mm -hmm. why? Like, what makes you think it's gonna be? What, what, what else is out there? Like Windows and Mac. Windows. Oh. <laughs> Windows. Weird. Windows. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think it will be available for. All right. So moving on to our final topic of the week of what we've been doing. Andy can tell us a bit about the Holland Animation Festival. Oh, Friday, right? You guys went. Yeah. Was it Friday? It yeah, was Friday. yeah, it was Friday. Friday. Yeah. So yeah. what happened there? I well, heard it was big fun. Well, you were there too. <laughs> so why were you guys there? <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, well, uh, let me tell you. Um, well, they invited us, right? They invited us to give... Uh, talk about our recent uh, films because we had three films running there in the festival yeah, and the talk was called masters semicolon yeah. blender yeah wow so, really yeah. i guess it was there uh, they had uh, a, a row of uh, talks i guess about studio uh, of studios that made movies and stuff like that i guess to to add more variety to their program and uh it was very interesting. We went to Utrecht, which is half an hour away from here also. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it was um, Ton, Francesco and me. I tried to document everything. <laughs> and mm. I had my camera with me and I tried to film everything. And it was so, so like it was so rushed. We barely made it to the to the beginning of the talk. And uh, we set up everything, but then uh, it was fine. Yeah, we did the talk. Yeah. I heard it was packed. Yeah. Well, the room was very <laughs> small, so it was mm -hmm. almost packed. Yeah. Oh, I mean. There were like <laughs> 10 or 8 people there. But uh, it was fun. There were some Maya users, <laughs> <laughs> some Android users. I mean, it's fine. If, uh, it, it doesn't matter if it's full or not. I've talked to zero people. That was also fun at FMX. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Every once in a while, no, but, that happens if something else is going on, or if you're in there in the morning and people just don't bother to get up. But there are some people who are quite enthusiastic yeah, about that. Exactly, that was good. Like there was a Blender Cloud member, even. even you what? Yeah, yeah, and like he, that and, one guy, and he <laughs> listens to the he listens to the podcast. So, yeah, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hey. So you want to say hi to him yeah. by using his name? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hi. I am so sorry. <laughs> I knew it. I'm so sorry, Kathy, You're so evil. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one member thank less. Thank you for your support. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but I, 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 we extensively thanked him. And it was really <laughs> nice just to meet with him. So, yeah. Uh, and I'm sorry, I need to interrupt you. Please go no, no, continue. Please go on. I have nothing more to say about this. Okay. But yeah. what did you talk about? I mean, it was like one and a half hours talk, yeah, right? It, it, what do you show? You open Blender? You show stuff? We opened Blender. It was just a wild party of fun <laughs> facts about Blender. <laughs> Uh, the the history of that. Ton, Ton talked about uh, the Blender Foundation in the beginning and everything, and then Francesco stepped in to talk about uh, uh, the cloud and Gooseberry, and then I said from a little bit and uh, <laughs> said something about how we use Blender to make stuff, and uh, yeah, and open Blender to show how you make stuff, and yeah, then we, we brought some scenes from Caminandas, from Glass Half, and from Cosmos Laundromat, even, and I opened them on Ton's laptop. Which was quite fun. Yeah, well, it was working out, except the yeah. very first scene that you opened. But uh... yeah, we discovered actually, yeah, we discovered a bug in Blender right now. That really? We did not. Oh my god, we didn't report it because no, Tom reported it. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah if so. it was something with the um, with OpenGL or DLSL not working, 
in the viewport. So when I opened glass half and I tried to say like, hey, so if you, <laughs> uh, the animators were able to uh, work in the files directly and see them as if they're rendered in the final film and then the characters uh, were... White. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. They had no textures, so, or some of the textures were not people there. People don't know, you just wing it. You know? yeah. no, no, that's... Just tell them it's a director's well, cut. Or... They yeah. watched the movies right before that. We, we streamed the movie, actually. Oh. <laughs> hey, that's not okay. how it looked like. <laughs> yeah, most of the people haven't seen uh, haven't seen the movie to that point. They've seen Cosmos Laundromat, and we've uh, actually... Some people said, yeah, they watched it right before or the night before, and they were really excited about it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, that was awesome. very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Enough to vote for us at the awards? Yeah. Apparently not. Which, oh, no. no. So we had three movies and how many? Yeah. Well, winning isn't everything. <laughs> what? Especially when you don't win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's a loser. Uh, yeah. Also, like not being selected is not everything. Talking about films not being selected for prestigious uh, animation festivals. What you saying? But were we not selected for something? Well, <laughs> as a matter of fact, all three open movies were rejected from Annecy 2016. Oh, no. This has never happened before. I don't understand. Well, Caminandas was rejected. The other Caminandas was rejected. I mean, that's a big festival. Come on, it's Sintel was rejected or not? Of course. Yeah, so <laughs> we, we, wow. are, we are still surprised. We don't know how that happened, really. <laughs> we're, we're just not good enough. We're just lame. Yeah, yeah, that's what Andy was saying. Yeah. Are we just going into their spam folder or something? Are we just not getting <laughs> Maybe, through? I don't know. <laughs> they, they are going into my spam folder. So, I don't know, like, you know, every once in a while they send you a newsletter. But are we going to NFC? Do you think? Maybe. Oh. We don't know. Maybe. Um, so... Yeah, but uh, after that, actually, Andy and Tom figured out that there was a problem with the latest Blender release. So yeah, they actually opened the file in an older Blender, and it looks fine. That so looks fine, yeah. The demos that Andy made were awesome. So people really liked to see how Blender was working, even on a laptop, to show the files from the productions. Yeah, it was fun, and I uh, demoed uh, uh the car chase from Kainandas. Ah, cool. And, uh, well, I did, couldn't see, really say anything, but I clicked through it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was very surprising. Well, not very surprising, but it was, it was great to see uh, people responding to Grease Pencil because uh, there were a lot of 2D animators there and they immediately jumped in like when we showed Grease Pencil, uh, like they said, how does it work? Does it work with splines? And how do you animate with that? And, and oh my God, you can actually do it in 3D. And then we showed uh, the, the pencil test from, from Pepperland, yeah, which was great. People were really impressed by that. And uh, it, it's great to see a Blender being used as a 2D animation tool every time. So yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, expensive is a huge selling point. So thanks to Babylon, <laughs> he's like making this awesome Yeah, yeah he made a great, great test. Well, after that um, presentation, it was just the beginning of the day, actually, because uh, then... Okay, we, here we go. <laughs> we right. grabbed some lunch and then we headed to a screening because it's a film festival, so it's full of screenings and uh, they were screening Caminandes Lamigos. So, of course, we were super excited to be there. And we walked into the screening and... Uh, you walk out? <laughs> we walked out of the screening. When and it was over, of course. Yeah, ah, okay, okay. yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. stayed there until the end, and then we got the first train and ran back to Amsterdam in order to avoid any yeah, further Tom screening. Yeah, and Francesco were so depressed after that. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, so be, be honest. <laughs> but what was it? It's, yeah. So there were a series of uh, of shorts. So one of them was uh, under the apple tree, which uh, we actually mm -hmm. were lucky to see. Already. Yeah, we've seen it yeah. when we, in the, the premiere of Cosmos. Exactly. It's a stop motion film uh, that by director uh, Eric van Schaik. 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 Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was made here close to Amsterdam, actually, at a small stop motion animation studio uh, called Pedri Animation. They're really great. And uh, it was it was already last year at the Holland Film Festival, right? The Netherlands Film Festival. The Netherlands yeah, in Europe yeah. too. That was pretty nice. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, so that was the opening. <clears throat> and that was great. We really liked it. Yeah. And uh, I think even if you watch it a second time, you can still enjoy. It was very cool. After that, uh, there was uh, there were a couple of like 
of shorts that were nice and very pleasant and entertaining to watch and then suddenly <laughs> we, we, we won't the horror names. we won't name yeah. any names I won't even describe specifically what happened so that nobody can deduct <laughs> which film we watched but I can describe you the sensation of sitting in a room for around 20 minutes watching a thing slowly unfold in front of your eyes and wanting to leave and you're so mess oh okay <laughs> <laughs> and just uh, so mesmerized that you couldn't no. No, but it was, uh, I don't know, how can I say, it was, it was really puzzling to see, like, some, the, the quality of some of the animation in the screening was, uh, like, you, we, we talked about it afterwards, of course, trying to understand why, but uh, the, 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 the quality gap, like, it's not something we would call animation. And uh, the conclusion is that that is art. So, of course, it's not that we can criticize everything, but... Uh, yeah, you can. Come on. <laughs> you can do it. Everybody yeah, can it criticize, but it was, uh, it was art. It was definitely not animation. So I don't know why they call it the animation festival. They could call it the art festival then. And uh, everybody knows what they are walking into because I was expecting to see animation and there was none. No animation. What, what, what was it? It's like a, one hour of a dot in the wall. No, it was uh, 20 minutes of uh, some... Two dots in a wall. <laughs> yeah, strange figures, weirdly textures, moving in a strange way, oh. telling a very... It was telling a story. That's animation. Sad story. Well, it's telling a story. I don't know if you can call that animation. It but was animated. It was moving. Really? No. It was not animated. It was moving. Yeah, oh, it's motion. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's different definitions. Like then it's. It, it was definitely animation. It was moving figures on the screen. Yeah, I call yeah. that animation. It's stuff happening over time. Yeah, that that's yeah. not animation. What like, is animation then? Like you use some of the principles of animation, and the more you use, the more you go into the realm of animation. All right. So. So if you don't use was, any of them. Wait, wait a second. So before there were no principles of animation, was there animation? Uh, it be, it emerged. All right. So just like just there... like uh, chemistry emerged from alchemy. All right. So uh, when the first two D film was made with a dinosaur yeah. moving, that was no animation because the animation principles weren't invented back then. Well, <laughs> yeah. Like that's the thing. Like like when do you what do you, um, what do you distinguish when like one uh, experimental thing becomes an established craft, like craftsmanship. So in the beginning, you have to do all these tests, but I'm not even sure they called it like that label. But of course, it has morphed over the years, but it is uh, a little bit intimidating that um, it, for some people, it becomes this umbrella term, which kind of dilutes the original meaning and the craft that it should be. So just taking a box and moving it from left to right and then saying that's animation. That's technically animation for me. <laughs> well, that's motion. Like that's like it's not really motion because the box isn't moving actually. But then, well, the how do you de- how motion. do you define the the, the well, difference between animation and motion graphics, for example? To me, there is none actually. Like like that, motion graphics is animation. That's animation to me, yeah, totally. Because uh, you're crafting each frame to look a certain way, and then you're going to the next frame or another sequence of frames, and you're uh, you're making sure that it looks a certain way. And then that tends to look like it's moving, and that's for me. That's animation. Isn't don't well okay. So if if that's the umbrella term that you use, what do you use when you try to distinguish, um, like in a Pixar character and uh, animated or moving, and then a box that fell down, or a, bo- a box that moved uh, one blender unit to the left without interpolation. Well. I mean, like, like, how do you, how do you the then technique. talk about the differences then? Well, the technique is something different, I would say, but I mean, the end result is an, an animation. Yeah, but then how do you quantify that? Like, still, when you're talking it's about a still it, still thing that's being brought to life, and that's an animation. Yeah, but if if you move a box with zero interpolation from left to right or vice versa, then it's not breathing it to life. You moved it. Like well, then, there's a there's a tangible difference between those yeah, two things. That's true. I can totally see the difference there. Yeah. But I was just wondering what vocabulary just, you would then want to use for the difference. It's a film. Okay. It's up to the film festival organizer to say what yeah. is animation and what you screen. Yeah, that's what I found out. Yeah. In fact, uh, at the uh, at the Holland Animation Film Festival, and it was very interesting to see because there was this kind of content which I personally wouldn't. Um, 
call animation because of the way I think of animation, but it was there nevertheless. And afterwards, there was Caminandes. So it was very interesting to see how this uh, very uh, abstract or um, simply animated uh, figures, they were followed by full-fledged, 3D animation with music and sound and rendering and a certain timing. And it was just interesting to see how they managed to combine all that. And it was also uh, interesting to see what the audience reaction was to that because, I mean... Did you, you hear like a, ah, finally. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. It's over. Yeah, cute stuff. Well, but I was looking around during the, the, during the, the, the screening of this, uh, of this uh, other animation that was not coming on this to see what the audience reaction was because I was feeling very uneasy both in front of the story that was being told and also by the way it was being told I was feeling really uncomfortable uh, Ton was very uncomfortable too because he was next to me so I was seeing the distress so I was also <laughs> looking at other, at other people to see and I mean in general I don't know how you were feeling during the screening of that oh it was totally boring and I wish I could have ended <laughs> 10 times yeah no mistake so yeah everybody was kind of having that uh, that so, and then in Caminandes, it just came and went like a train. Yeah, it was so quick. Yeah. So, like, after this 20-minute ordeal, you had this this bouncy, colorful thing in front of your eyes, and then it was over. Yeah. <laughs> that was really interesting to see that. Yeah, so when people were, were laughing and, and clapping and uh, being happy. And wow. So that, that, that feels okay. So we are doing, like, you know, the right thing, okay. Maybe, yeah, I don't know, because... Uh, you should have stand up and you're yeah. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's entertaining and short. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't overstay its welcome, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, it was a very interesting experience from that point of view because uh, I've, I've not been to many, like you guys probably, all, all of us have been to uh, film festivals, but I don't go that often. So it's always, you know, you step into a, it's a different world. Yeah. So it was, it was always, a, it's always an interesting experience. All right, enough, what? enough. So, <laughs> what uh, have you been doing, Chalti? I went on a glacier. Yeah, you said that. So you actually went? Uh, yeah, yeah. I actually, no, no I lied. <laughs> <laughs> I said home uh, playing games. So it took me all weekend to Photoshop the pictures. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because I've seen a video of you like hitting. Uh, uh, oh, you saw that? Yeah, yeah, yeah I slow the, motion. Yeah, I asked the tour guide. Uh, at a certain point when we stopped and it was like okay now here's a selfie opportunity for you guys and i just asked the tour guy can i can i just take this thing that you handed me and just smash it into the glacier it's like yeah sure go ahead go ahead buddy and, and of course magnus is there uh my friend recording me in stop motion uh, in uh in slow, motion. In slow motion i had no idea and then i start doing it and the thing gets stuck and <laughs> it's like the most masculine moment of my life and then totally deflated. Just <laughs> couldn't get the thing unstuck. Yeah, so that was interesting. And uh, went to, we, so over the weekend, I went with a few friends to visit Iceland as a tourist. So it's my own country, but I'm, I'm coming at it from the other side and I just, I just wa wanted to vomit all over the place because it's just the, the way they, project uh, the hype perfectly regarding regarding Iceland and the, the I guess the tourist board is just cranking itself too high so everything is Iceland is so beautiful and we call this that and it's so amazing look at the nature and you know Bill Clinton came and ate this hot dog here that's an actual thing and it's uh, <laughs> like, really yeah yeah everything needs to be cranked up to 11 and I'm so sick of it you know yeah and, and like I would see billboards of skid, which is a, a dairy product I, I've eaten since I was a child. It's like a, it's like a byproduct of making something like, I don't know, butter or whatever. I don't remember even, um, but it is super, it is super healthy for you for a dairy product because it doesn't contain a lot of sugar. But what they do is they package it with a hell of a lot of sugar. So it becomes unhealthy, but they, they, and then they have these catchphrases like what? The, the secret to the healthy living of Iceland or something. It's like, <laughs> come on. And I even bought one of those just to make sure. Yeah, it's it's just 90% sugar. <laughs> There's a lot of that stuff and it, it gets a little bit sickening. But I did enjoy it uh, quite. Uh, it was quite nice to go with my friends and show them around. I had my car there. We would drive around, see Seljalandafoss, which is this beautiful big uh, waterfall. This is still during springtime and the summer hasn't really hit. So we 
um, so it wasn't all green. So it was all yellowish, which is like the most boring way of looking at the landscape. But they still felt like it was super beautiful. So none of them had come there before. Uh, yep, went on a glacier. I, I, uh, I highly recommend if you ever do that, get a tour guide. They don't cost that much and you get the equipment and you get the experience and you, you learn fall down a crack. Yeah, exactly. You learn how not to die. And it's and w- when they say a crack, uh, it sometimes it is a crack and you see the crack and it's like, oh, that that's certain death. Uh, but sometimes and most of the time it, it has this blanket of snow. So you don't realize that you're next to what could be your death. You're standing right next to it. So you, you need that tour guide to be like, hey, um, so everybody follow me in a single line here because this is dangerous or whatever. We saw a couple of people that had really shitty tour guides. Uh, like there was one person in particular that that had just started climbing somewhere that was really risky. And our tour guide had to stop us and go and save her. <laughs> Take her back down. Oh, yeah. But there, there was also one area within the glacier where you see water streaming down and it's just pure glacier water i guess i mean as, as hyperbole as that sounds it is the purest water i've ever tasted it's uh, so good do they advertise that i don't think they do but they do sell glacier water oh, which is yeah. but it comes out of the tap but uh, the water in the tap is really really good but it's technically not glacier i don't know I don't, maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah and then uh, got to see my family so that was nice and then I came here and had some of Tom's cake. Yay. Yay. <laughs> awesome. So it's great to have you back. And yeah. uh, next week you will tell us more about the work you've been doing here in the studio because now it's still very busy times. Yes, but yes. Maybe exactly. next week there will be news. Totally. And then moving on to Sibran. Hello. Hey, Sibran. Hey. You've been very quiet, but you're, but you're here. Yeah. So what's up? What did you do this week? I've been, last week? I've been working mostly on the Blender Cloud add-on. Mm-hmm. A nice proof of concept texture browser for Blender, so that you can hit some key in Blender, click around on the texture library uh, in the Blender Cloud while you're still in Blender, and click on the texture you like, and you get all variations of it. So with one click, you get not only the the color map, but also bump map, specular map, and whatever variation was packed in there. It get lo- gets loaded into Blender and it can even track it back to where it was on the cloud. So later on, we might be able to do live refreshing and, and that kind of stuff. Wow. Yeah, that's cool because I know you've also been like really working the details about how these files come from the cloud, how the communication yep. works and make really sure that this, this system works on different platforms so it can work on... It's an add-on, so of course yeah. it's Python that can run on every operating system, but especially because we deal with external files, every system has their own way to deal with them. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this know. is actually uh, something that will be in a future version of um, Blender, because right now there's OS-specific places for configuration. Like on Linux, you have in your home .config slash Blender slash version. But on Windows, it's in a different spot, and on macOS, it's in a different spot as well. So some f- future version of Blender will also have this for cache, like local caches. will go into .cache on Linux, and et cetera, et cetera. So we're already using a Python version of whatever this uh, Blender function <laughs> needs to do. <laughs> um, and I've also worked quite a bit on the HTTP level so that we can do a proper caching and uh, Blender starts to work a bit more like an actual browser. Blender is becoming a web browser, and that's yeah, what you're saying? Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Wow. But a bit different, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's great because I've seen it work. And of course, the speed and uh, interactivity is always a key feature of Blender. That Blender never stops. You can always click around and do stuff, press buttons. So, of course... Yes. We, we want to keep that behavior, even if you're actually doing calls on a remote server that, of course, has a different latency time than your RAM or something. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so for that, I'm, uh, basically, I'm integrating the new Python 3.5 async I.O. module um, with all async await uh, new syntax in Python 3.5 to integrate that into Blender so that we can use it for more than just this add-on. Um, 
and get all kinds of other cool asynchronous stuff. Yeah, so that's great. It's something that the whole blender, the whole blender is going to benefit from. Yes. Yeah. So that's it's cool to know. Awesome. So Pablo, hey, how so are you? I'm better. I had a <laughs> bit rough days at the beginning of the week, but uh, now I'm back. I even recorded a tutorial this yeah. week, mm -hmm. which is just like a little feature, but it was. Um, I uh, was mentioned last week on a Twitter discussion about how to compare footage on the sequencer. Like, for example, when, when you want to compare cuts or compare uh, some color grading, the cut and footage with the reference footage from um, uh, from the same sequence ahead or behind in time. There is a feature for this in Blender. It's called partial overlay, but it was the, the documentation. It was barely there. <laughs> There's no documentation. It's, it's a bit hidden because you need to be like in a special preview mode of the of the sequencer, so it's not there by default. So I made a video about it, and I got really good uh, reactions. And it's just a quick uh, three-minute video. So I'm gonna be doing more of that. People like, seem to like it. And besides that, I've been planning on besides the little tutorials. I'm planning a bit tutorial a bit a bit bigger about the pipeline that we use for um, for Caminandes. Mm -hmm. So we keep we keep using Caminandes for all kinds of things. We make one movie and then we make all the tutorials around it. But it's going to be um, maybe more theory than actually um, using Blender itself. But I, I would like to explain maybe f it's going to be several parts, the tutorial. Um, so it might be a lot of talking boring but I want to cover like okay the beginning the story but not not go like okay you need a story because without a story you can't do any uh, yeah no people <laughs> people don't want to hear that people people just want to know how you done it you need not to be like, creative yeah, yeah you need to because that's the hardest part come up with the story so I would like to like okay just hire somebody that is awesome drawing like uh, Matthias <laughs> and then do the explain the blender part like okay it's matthias sent us the um, the videos and then i put it in the edit and then with that in mind um Hialti was working in the layout and just explain a little bit of that that workflow itself um setting up a project but not like oh you need a svn server no no it's just you can do it with dropbox or anything just just explain the basics of it of the overall project itself um so I hope to, I, I've been writing about it now, doing some research, what I can do, some animations maybe. Um, and maybe next week, hopefully. Great. Yep. Yeah, looking forward to see that. Well, that leaves us with Andy. Yeah. Hmm. So today is the... It's Wednesday, right? Yeah, it yes. is Wednesday, but... Tomorrow, okay. which well, is which is today which for is the people who are listening to the podcast. Today yeah. is the twenty fourth. It's the twenty fourth. Yeah. And what happens? What happens? What happens? Apparently, something uh, interesting happened ten years ago. Um, we uh, we premiered Elephant Stream here in Amsterdam ten years ago. Um, I don't know. I don't remember what date it was. Probably twenty fourth. Yeah. <laughs> right? What day? What day? Sorry. Ah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Twenty-five. <laughs> so ah. yeah, we uh, we had a, a film premiere at the Ketel House uh, Cinema here in Amsterdam at the Vestergas Fabrik, and uh, we actually premiered a film in a cinema, which felt the first totally awesome. Yeah, and it was the first uh, open animation movie um, made with Blender. It's actually it's probably the, the first open movie ever. The Something beginning of everything. Yeah. yeah, right. I don't know. So yeah, that was ten, ten years ago. I feel really really old. And <laughs> <laughs> it was on a Friday. Wasn't it? <laughs> Friday. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and uh, we also celebrated Tom's birthday at that point. Um, he uh, reserved uh, an entire bar, which was called Blender, and it's ha. I mm. guess it still exists here in Amsterdam. Really? And uh, and after that, we we uh, published the movie uh, on online or not? 
We where? I don't remember. Yeah, we put it on YouTube probably. Daily Motion. <laughs> YouTube wasn't. Well, you, no, YouTube, YouTube wasn't there yet. Barely started there. Two thousand six. Twitter so, was just started. Or yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So we uh, we made a DVD set, and we put all the files on it, which was a first for us and for lots of other people. And then we shipped it into the entire world, and people could open the files and do things with it. With Blender 242? 241? You know the version better. Yeah, than 240, 242 is the one with the orange. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah, and that happened 10 years ago. So we're doing a little thing. I'm not sure if uh, the podcast is out yet <laughs> when we publish the thing. So I guess the thing has to be published in the evening. So mm. the, the, the podcast will be out first. What is the thing? So, so not, thing. I'm, I'm preparing a little thing that oh. we talked about in the last couple of weeks and it never quite transpired. And now I, on Monday, someone said, oh, well, why aren't we doing anything for the 10-year anniversaries? And then Somebody. something had to be done. So I'm doing something. And it'll be out, and people will watch it. Pretty amazing. And then we can all move on with our. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's it's such a great uh, it's such a great uh, occasion to to uh, to look back the uh, last ten years. And uh, I've been digging through the files. I had an old. Uh, we have uh, a backup disk here, so I've been digging through photos and everything of uh, our all all our younger selves. <laughs> and uh, cells <laughs> too um and uh yeah awesome awesome uh, you're gonna be uploading stuff to the cloud too like... yeah we'll, we'll probably upload the thing to the cloud and oh. the files mm. that make the thing will hopefully also be there i have to clean them up a little bit but i'm gone over the easter weekend so i uh i have to see if that works but uh i'm I'm barely rushing this thing out before I leave, so hopefully people will not hurt me a lot for the thing. No, <laughs> only when you come back. Yeah, when I come back. That's a great strategy. You publish it and then you go away. Yeah. Turn off your phone. Perfect. Yes, Yeah. exactly. Uh, it's amazing. I've already seen it a little bit. Uh, so the thing is, is great. The thing. Yeah, the thing is, of course, yeah. uh, rendering in cycles right now as we speak. And it's uh, it's great to see the the difference of the characters uh, between Blender internal and in cycles, and of course the speed difference because uh, I'm we're right now doing this under extreme extreme time limitations and only with the four computers that we have available for rendering here, so we need to do it really really fast and uh, hope that it works and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna work. Come on, yeah. it reminds me of something. Awesome. Like maybe the number of computers changes, but it's always you have to render it as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah, so, totally. mm. yeah. Why can't rendering be really fast? I don't know. I don't know. Or why can't you have Just a lot games. of time for rendering? Like well, you have one year for rendering. That's it. It has to be ready next totally year. Boring then, because then you finish something and you want to see it immediately. Yeah. You don't want to wait a year. Come on. Yeah. Well. So uh, next podcast we'll have Sergey and he will answer us all the questions why yes. rendering is so slow. Yes. <laughs> because that's another new. Yeah. Because yeah. that's another studio new. That Sergey is now. Sergey. Yes. Sergey is here. here. Yeah. Permanent. Forever. He's Dutch. He's oh yeah, <laughs> almost Dutch. Yeah. Yes. So he's been chained to his uh, desk, and that's why he's not here uh, yeah. joining us because we chained him and then we couldn't figure out a way to move him here over to the podcast no and he has so, to have his uh Hagelslag infusion otherwise yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah so but he will join us next week and uh, it's really great to have him back and uh so more fun and more blender technical blender stuff in the podcast coming soon which is yeah which yeah is no but, cool. but for blender itself and blender institute is great because it's the first time that he can actually stay for long like uh, the work permit and you can actually make a living here, not thinking, oh, I have to work a few weeks or months and then have to leave. I've been in that place and it's horrible. You can't plan anything. You work mm -hmm. a little bit and then, or you, you plan a little bit of your life and then you have to leave because of legal stuff. Yeah. Not anymore. Illegal. No, wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, legal, but yeah. But I'm really happy that he's around. One of us. One <laughs> of us. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. 
All right. So I think maybe there are a few questions. Yeah, there are a few. The Blender Cloud. And let's check them out. Yes. So um, there are a few questions this week on the, the podcast. The main one, the first one is by Juan Gia. And it asks, are there any new open movies in the horizon? Blender evolved so much. I mean, that's the question itself, but I like the other part. Uh, that he says that Blender evolved so much with each open movie that I'm eager to see what the Blender Institute can produce now and the development results of it. Thank you very much. Usually some people say that Blender open movies, they stop development in a way, but mm -hmm. I think it's the other way around. Yeah, definitely. It really pushes development. Yeah. So yeah, are there any open movies in the horizon? Which horizon? Yeah, well... I mean, right now with the studio, we have to really focus on keeping what we have now running with the cloud itself. So producing content, of course, open movies were, are one type of content that we can make, but we are also focusing a lot on training and on the libraries, uh, texture libraries and character libraries and things like that. And that's really important because uh, it's different from an open movie and uh, we get a lot of response from users. So, of course making open movies is great being able to share what you do and what you work on we really value that so maybe i mean of course in the future something like that will happen but uh, there is no plan there is no, no immediate yet. plan yeah, exactly. i mean there are ideas for movies that we already mentioned this a few times before exactly. yeah but they're not immediate plans yeah. but maybe maybe this year of course there might be something new coming yeah exactly uh, especially to test all these new open uh, all the cloud stuff the yeah. platform, the production platform mm -hmm. would be great. So we will definitely post news as soon as there are. So keep following us and yeah. we will not let you down. <laughs> Another question. Forgotten Fantasy says, uh, uh, what's the status of the project Agent 327? The feature film that was announced. Some time year. ago. Yeah, yeah, some time ago. Well, the agent is uh, still alive in uh, <laughs> our minds and we think about it and we talk about it and it's a really big and ambitious project. And uh, it, at the moment, at least, it doesn't look like we can make it, of course, in the traditional way we do things here. So it's not an open movie per se, especially because of who the character is and who the character IP belongs to. So that's not something that the studio can can do right now. Um but the project is still uh, is in progress, and I think in the next uh, weeks, in the next months, we are going to work on it a bit more and uh, hopefully find a way to share better what is going on regarding that. Right now, in, in the past months, we've been busy with a lot of other things, uh, mainly Caminandes and all the derived activities that come from it. But uh, the agent is really the focus for us uh, for, this, for this year, at least is one of the big parts of this year. So also regarding that, as soon as there are news, we will definitely share them because, I mean, there is nothing more important for us to tell what we are doing here. Yeah, exactly. Because otherwise, you know, it's very difficult to get support. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. also doing something, we were also thinking about doing something like we did uh, during Cosmos was last year. That was this really small animation test that uh, Hialti animated. And... That was great to to get it out there, and it would be a nice uh, something fresh to do after the the furry animals. Mm -hmm. So, so maybe that could be a good. It's not an open movie, but it's a project that it, it will definitely push Blender and yeah. our capabilities. Yeah. Okay, next. This question actually is for Kelty. Uh, mm. <clears throat> well, Kelty and, and Julian. Um, well, it's probably for him. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's a it's a feature that was posted to rightclickselect.com, and it's an idea. That there is a, already a patch working about it for it. There is a, an idea about having how useful would it be to have in the graph editor a preview of the three D view. Do you think it's gonna be? Do you, would it be useful to have like if you're working only with one screen, having in the graph editor like a Overlay. Mm, I'm, th I'm thinking about it. It it might be yes. It might be. Um, usually, when I'm working in the graph editor, there's two different viewpoints I'm looking at. It's the camera itself, and then there's just kind of the viewport I'm using to sling myself around and try to 
modify the scene. So I'm guessing this would be the camera view. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Uh, I mean, like, uh, I'm just talking about practically because you don't want to be flipping that thing constantly, I guess. No. That would be, yeah. So I'm guessing it's the camera. I would say, yeah, um, it might be useful. But at the same time, if this is something that will slow down uh, frame rate heavily, then I would just totally skip it. Uh, it depends on the situation, what you're doing, and how heavy your scene is already. If you're only working with one rig, then, you know, maybe it's not that heavy and you can work with it and it's fine. And it's actually useful because maybe you're doing something that requires a lot of detail um, in the graph editor and you maybe want to just full screen the graph editor and then tweak that thing just slightly yeah. and you see it automatically right away. But I'm I, so many scenes I work with are heavy. <laughs> and so when I see something like that, it's like, ah, that's, that's uh, going to shave off three frames per second. No, no, yeah. no we already have one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down to negative three. No. It reminds me also that interface. Uh, I mean, it's a little bit the principle that there is behind uh, the preview in the, in the compositor. Mm -hmm. And uh, one problem that you might have with those interfaces is that when you have high complexity, the interface on top is so cluttered, then, then it's hard to actually see your preview. And yeah. it's more frustrating. Of course, when you animate for speed and clarity, you usually try to hide everything except for the curves you're working with. But still, because you have handles and maybe you have intersections and different colors, it can maybe interfere. So I'm like, I mean, it, it looks really good, especially for what you said, like high detail stuff mm -hmm. that you can just have it full screen but there is also that side and i think finding a good balance when designing it uh, is, is important so keeping that in mind the complex cases which are most of the cases i think like yeah yeah how exactly. to keep it clean it is, becomes uh, complicated really easily that's that's what i mean so yeah, yeah part of the question was also like what what would you use would you use uh ambient occlusion would you like it to have only render or depth of field yeah, exactly. And um, that also already makes it super slow. I guess yeah, you only yeah. want only render. Well, would you want to see the vertices? Yeah, yeah. Well, so in some instances, uh, it, so if you click only render, and maybe you're you're trying to use the the motion path to see a particular path going on from that viewpoint, but now if you click only render, then that takes it away. Yeah, you know, and that's. Uh, thing we have right now just because <laughs> of the of way code. yeah exactly <laughs> Summer of code, uh, me. <laughs> me. go to the bottom of the page and you might see it. <laughs> um but but besides that yeah i think I, I think it's totally true what you said i mean sometimes you want ambient occlusion or this or that uh because it will give you some information that will help you make that decision on the tweak you're doing and maybe it just gets a little bit too heavy and how do you put how do you do those settings yeah. So yeah. It's, I think it's a really interesting idea, though. And I do think that there are probably instances where this is super helpful. Yeah. Another question the, um, by 3.edit is a question for the podcast. Does Blender produce stereo vision by rendering two complete eyes or does it produce a center vision then interpolate the differences between, uh, to create the left and the right? I have no idea. No, well, of course, it uh, is two completely separate renders with yeah. two separate BVHs and two separate everything because that's how currently it's done in, in, yeah. in Blender. So the whole pipeline is unified. So the design, the work that was made by mostly by Dalai to support the stereo pipeline is that once you have these two views, they get treated as one and they run through the imaging pipeline. So, for example, the compositor or the image editor, you'd always treat it as one image, but it's actually two. But the rendering part itself is two completely separate scenes. Yeah, it would be, would be yeah. great. A great optimization to just share at least some information for the render part. I've been wondering about it in the past. I don't know how other softwares do it because you think, oh, well, I mean, it's just the same, but a little bit offset. But uh, apparently it's not so easy to just, you know, recycle the BVH maybe or recycle mm -hmm. like the, the camera rays and stuff yeah. like that. Probably there are optimizations possible, but uh, right now it's done really in the simplest way possible. Next week we can ask our doctors about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Well, the last question is uh, what, you, uh, what do developers think about the rightclickselect.com? And here we have only... One developer. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about the? Well, I only heard about it uh, today, so I don't know that much about it. But I think it's really good to have a yeah. nicely accessible way to share ideas that is separate from 
the whole developer.blender.org where things can get uh, just snowed under other bug reports and everything. Mm. So to have something stack overflowy like with good sorting and voting and everything, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Cool. I do suspect, though, that, you, you know what they say about design, like the worst design comes out of democracy. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, like, you, you want some moderation going on. So if, yeah. you, if it's just a popularity contest, you're going to, you know, vote for Trump or something. I don't know. So, like, you're going you're gonna to screw up the entire thing. And, I, yeah, like, you, you want somebody that understands the fundamentals of it to be a moderator. So to understand that maybe something sounds really good, but it's not really feasible with the given uh, context of where it's supposed to be in the in the software. So that that's the one thing that would be this slight little alarm that I have uh, right now going on when I'm thinking about the project. But mm -hmm. it, it does sound really interesting. And I, I hope that um, every suggestion people make, they make, make it like also kind of in context. So they know, like, for example, if you have two features that both sound really good, but in and of themselves, but they have uh, like features that are mutually exclusive or like will cancel each other out. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, it's not just a matter of upvoting and downvoting. It's like, well, how do you get those things together? Yeah, I wonder if anybody already wrote about the color wireframes in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be quite a big discussion. Yeah. Okay, let's not bring that up. <laughs> it's over. No more questions. All right. Well, then I think uh, it's a wrap for today. So thank you very much for listening. And uh, see you the next time. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Blender Institute podcast, brought to you by the Blender Cloud. Is your marriage in trouble and or house on fire? Forget about life for a while on the cloud. Go to cloud.blender.org.